Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It really is one of the most barren wastelands on the face of the earth. But while most have gone, nature never fails to surprise at those who exist in such a desolate landscape. Over there, in the distance, we can see a lone figure foraging for food. On closer inspection, it turns out to be the little-known Spanish Almunia. It is thought only two or three are left in the entire world. He sniffs the air, sensing for predators. He sees nothing. Yet this is his downfall. There, behind the goalposts, waiting, lurking, is the lesser-spotted Denilson, a carnivorous Brazilian sloth. And while the Almunia nibbles on a daffodil, he comes in for the kill, moving at a remarkable three miles per hour. The Almunia's complete inability to sense danger around him allows the predator to get on top, and soon it is over. The Denilson has devoured him. He may not need to feed again for another three to four weeks, which, coincidentally, is about the time of the next interlull at the Arsenal training ground. Hello and welcome to another Arseblog Arsecast, right here on arseblog.oleole.com. At this point in the introduction, I normally tell you what is to come on this week's Arsecast. The small, inchy-weenchy problem is that there hasn't been an awful lot going on, or there isn't much going on in the future, or we don't know a great deal about what's going to go on in the future, and there hasn't been a lot that's gone on in the past. Because we have just gone through, possibly, the longest interlull of all time. The interlull from hell. The helterlull. Inter-Hades. I don't know. It just seems to have gone on and on and on. Nevertheless, good player will be along in a few moments' time to talk about football uh, as much as we can, given the fact there's very little news. A little bit of team news ahead of the Birmingham game tomorrow, and, and then we can look ahead briefly to the game against AZ Alkmaar in midweek. Uh, Sylvester will be here, and apart from that, well, what do you want me to do? I can't make something out of nothing. If there's no news or no information or nothing worth talking about, what am I supposed to do? I can't magic things. I'm no miracle worker. And even Jesus had three fishes and two loaves of bread to start with, didn't he? 
everyone's sitting there going, fucking hell, this is boring and I'm starving. And look at that, there's only three fishes and two loaves of bread. And abracadabra, Jesus came down with happy meals for everybody. But he had those basic things to start with. I got nothing. The interlull has been taken up with a boring load of crap about Sesc and Barcelona again. And it makes me weep tears of boredom and ennui. Not Thierry ennui, just real, you know, please just shut up Barcelona. For once in your stupid lives, just shut your mouth. Yes, we know Sesc has got Barcelona DNA. Yes, we know he started at your club. Yes, he probably would like to go and play there one day. But not in January. So just shut up. You can do what you like about Robinho. I don't care. And nobody cares about Robinho. Let's face it. Not even Man City fans care a great deal about Robinho. I wouldn't have thought. But then we're not here to talk about Man City fans. But apart from that idle speculation about Sesc... What the hell else has happened? Nothing. We beat Blackburn nearly two weeks ago now, and since then, nothing has happened. And that, for somebody who is in the Arsenal business, shall we say, is problematic. When you're sitting down on a Thursday to say, well, okay, we'll have an arse cast because we've got a game on Saturday and we've got a game in midweek and, you know, things are starting to roll again. And then you're sitting there going, well, what the fuck am I going to talk about? And then it struck me. I had one of those brain waves. If it was a cartoon, a little light would have gone off above my head. A light bulb thing would have gone, bing! And I thought to myself, oh my God, why did I never think of that before? It's so simple. It's just genius in its simplicity. And it provides me with a wealth of uh, subject matter, a non-stop flurry of topics related to Arsenal that I can uh, wax lyrical about on the Arsecast. This is going to be fantastic. I need never, ever worry about an interlull or an Arsecast interlull ever, ever again. And then I forgot what it was. So there we are. However, on the upside, on the upside, uh, we're back into the swing of things, or heading back into the swing of things, right? Uh, there is going to be another interlull, sadly, but I believe I believe it's only going to be a one-week job rather than a, a two-week job, isn't it? I hope so. I'll have to check this out, actually. Um, just hold for a moment, please. Oh, I just checked. It is another two-week break. <laughs> On the 7th of November, we play Wolves. And then our next game is not until the 21st of November when we play Sunderland. <laughs> I don't know if I can cope with another interlull. Not like this one. Progressively, they get longer and longer and longer. The next one will be so long, it'll be Christmas before it's over. <laughs> Anyway, we won't depress ourselves with that at this point. We've got plenty of time to depress ourselves about it when the time comes. Uh, so in the meantime, let's look ahead to what's coming. Some real football at last. And uh, with me to discuss what's on the way is Good Player from GoodPlayer.com. Hello there. Hello. Uh, it seems like an age since the last Arsenal game. This has been a very long international break. 
they always are. Each one seems longer than the last one, don't they? Yeah, it really does. Uh, and particularly when you're not necessarily interested in games in midweek are, are not that important anyway. We get back to the, to the real deal tomorrow uh, against Birmingham. Uh, it's a good game to come back, I suppose, because you, you could be coming back into a, into a, a more difficult fixture, it should be said. And, and we are in the middle of, of a run of what should be fairly winnable fixtures for Arsenal. Yeah, quite. It's kind of one of those very traditional Saturday, mid-October, 3pm kickoffs against a well, kind of fairly typical premiership team, if you like. You know, you look at the table and they're, they're, they're kind of the big four. There are a couple, two, three, maybe three clubs below them, uh, Villa, Man City and, and Spurs and, and maybe Everton. And then, then you just face these succession of games with all due respect to them where, where really nothing less than a win will do. Um We've done well at home so far this season. Uh, we did very well at home two years ago, and interestingly, came up a cropper against Birmingham, one all um, in January. But uh, so you know, I think we'll have to. Uh, it's all about focus, really. Guessing the three points, another three points on the board. We're nicely kind of a. Uh, we're nicely in there at fifth place at the moment in the table. Just don't want to drop any silly points. Mm. Uh, of course, we we all remember that game. Uh, when Eduardo broke his leg, and it's a shame he's not going to be able to play. Team news is he's out. He's still got that thigh strain. Uh, Fabianski is back. Um, Manuel Almunia is 50-50 still with what appears to be the, the most uh, vicious chest infection anybody's ever heard of. Is is there a reason now to maybe speculate that it's not just a chest infection that's been keeping him out of the side? No, the, no. The, I think you've got that the wrong way around. There's a reason to totally dismiss the idea that a chest infection exists. <laughs> I mean, I think if you look at the uh, video on Arsenal.com when Wenger says it, that he's uh, 50-50 for his chest infection, you, a tiny smile creeps across his face. I'm sorry, but when was the last time you heard of one of your friends uh, having a chest infection for a month and being off work for a month? You, mm. You'd start to get seriously, seriously worried. This is a guy who's 32, supposedly at the height of fitness. And fine, you need to be fairly finely tuned to play Premiership football, slightly less so in goal. But a chest infection lasting over a month is an absolute joke, frankly. I have no, absolutely no evidence to say that it isn't true. But, you know, it's one of those injuries where it, it feels to me like one of those things where I often thought, what, what can I make up and get, get away with? And, and he, he's trying that. I think there's no doubt, really. I don't think that um, if he did have a chest infection, it's been... Well, it's been a, you know, they've taken it, they've let it last as long as they possibly can. Mm. Um, I think, you know, we know that we, or we've heard that there are inquiries on deadline day for other goalkeepers. Um, I don't think Manuel Armunia started the season particularly well. Um, I, it just all seems a bit too convenient for me. I'm not one for great conspiracy theories, but, but I think on this occasion I'd be, I'd be staggered if he was out for a month I, with a chest infection. I also don't, don't understand how, how he can be 50-50 to be over it by, by Saturday. <laughs> I mean, how, do, how do you work out these things? It's, it's, it's bizarre to me, put it that way. But, but I suppose he has his way of doing things, Arsene, right? and he would never, never willingly say that someone's been dropped. Mm, I, well, it's a brave decision, though. When you think about it, he's the most experienced keeper at the club. 
And had he had Fabianski, for example, fit, who's 24 years of age and has played international football, then you think, well, okay, you know, he's, he's taken a decision and he's maybe protecting him by saying he's got this chest infection. But when the alternative is a guy who's only played two or three first-team games and two of them were during a terrible loan spell at Burnley, I think, then it, it makes me, I don't know, it just makes me wonder whether or not there was uh, something to it or not. My head you know, is telling me, no, Arsene wouldn't risk that uh, putting a rookie goalkeeper in. But then, you know, the rest of the evidence is telling me that there's more to it than, than we know. Well, I think, that, I think there has to be something more to it. If, if nothing else, you know, a chest infection is the kind of thing where, you know, if you've got a big, important game and you really want your star man to be there, you you, you kind of, uh, you know, you play him, even though, he, whatever, whatever the cost of it, you know, you think about Fulham away game where admittedly uh, Minoni did well, but before then he hadn't exactly been doing well. Um, and I think you know you you look at it and it's extraordinary. You no, know, the third the whole point of a third choice goalkeeper is that people say, oh, Minoni's not ready for first team football. Well, of course he's not. He's a third choice goalkeeper. They're not meant to be. It, the, you know the clues in the title basically. Um, <laughs> third choice goalkeepers don't play first team football. Second choice goalkeepers, yes. But third choice goalkeepers, you know, it's once in a blue moon they're called mm. upon, basically. Um, and so it's extraordinary. It's not, um, I suppose, it's difficult to get goalkeepers, I suppose. I sometimes think, you know, what's the harm in having an, an experienced backup? I think when we had Mark Poom around, it wasn't any bad thing. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Manoni hasn't done okay. He's, he... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Not yet convinced me he's the next Gordon Banks, but, uh, but you know, we'll see. But it's, I, it's certainly a strange situation. Mm. And even when we had Poom, I don't think he played. He played once, didn't he? Final game of the season. Something yeah, like that. Um, the, the Birmingham game, we'll go back to Eduardo very briefly. Um, Eduardo's out and Martin Taylor is out. But I suppose there'll be a sense amongst Arsenal fans that we'll want revenge. And I wonder uh, of those players who were there at St. Andrews uh, that day. It is St. Andrews they still play out, isn't it? These teams change stadiums all the time. 
Yeah, and I don't even think it's got a sponsor's name. Right, amazing in this day and age. But, but what happened that not day? Not the way one. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not criticizing, just observing. Um, what happened that day obviously had a big impact on the rest of our season, and and you can go back to that day and trace our downfall if you so wish. There are obviously other factors that took place, but I suppose for the guys that were there on that day, they'll want a bit of re- uh, revenge whether Martin Taylor was uh, playing tomorrow or not. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure I follow it too much in a way. If it is revenge, it's a kind of healthy kind of revenge. Um, I think I think with hindsight, I think the relationship between Arsenal and Birmingham has actually been quite a good one over the years, uh, partly because Arsene Wenger and Steve Bruce actually get on with each other in one of the weirdest kind of uh, managerial friendships you'll probably ever see, given how Wenger gets on with anything else uh, with Related to Manchester United, but um, but I think you look back at the Taylor incident, and you know it was a time of high emotion uh, for everyone involved. But I think I think even at the time, none of us were claiming that Taylor or Birmingham were you know evil or or, or even the worst of what we'd seen. And you look back, and I you know I, I do think the tackle was reckless. I do think there was a culture of getting among them, but I don't think Birmingham that day set out to injure her. Mm. Arsenal players, and I think had it not been for had it not been for that tackle, it probably would have been a very normal game. So I, I, I'm actually less convinced. I'd, I don't think I don't even even if he was playing, I'm I'm not sure that he'd get that terrible of a reception. He'd get a few boots, but but you know it was just a time of such high emotion that I can't can't remember anything almost so traumatic um, mm. as, as that day. Um, and so I think hopefully people have moved on, and you know we know Eduardo has anyway, uh, even though he's, I think he's, so. he's still suffering the consequences. Though you might say this kind of persistent niggly injury that's keeping him out for uh, a couple of weeks at a time here and there. Anyway, we'll move on from that and, and hope they can. Uh, okay, I'll just say on the I'll just say on the Eduardo thing that I woke up. Uh, we were recording this Thursday night. I woke up on th- this morning, and I played a little game in my head of which which two forwards will not be available after international duty because. <laughs> You know, you know as well. Just as the Salmonia thing's a bit weird, but there's a funny kind of business that goes on where you never ever have all the forwards fully fit at once, and mm. so conveniently he can't, he doesn't have to leave anyone out of the squad or put or put seven forwards on the bench. So, you know, no doubt. As well, I it didn't surprise me that Eduardo isn't quite ready, and I suspect that Vela might be tired as well. Um, and you know they'll probably be ready before long. And maybe Eduardo, I'm sure he probably has got some kind of injury, but these things kind of. Uh, work themselves out in Wenger's way. Mm. Midweek then, we've got AZ Alkmaar away. Um, again, it's a it's a nice way to ease ourselves back into Champions League action. And uh, a good win there would, would put us on nine points after three games and essentially needing only one point then from the from the other three games uh, to qualify. Um, I mean, it's it's. I'm not going to say it's an easy group, but it, it could be a lot worse. There's no great deal uh, of travel. You've got a short trip across to Holland, so again, an ideal game to get back into European action. Yeah, although I suspect Alkmaar will have. I don't know a lot about them to be honest, but I suspect like Olympiacos, they'll have quite a lot of fans and like Liège as well. It'll be probably a tight stadium. They're probably quite excited to be in the Champions League. You know, you can be you can be, be sure that when we go to Greece, it'll be a, a feisty. Uh, Spicy reception if, if the Olympiacos fans at the Emirates were anything to go by. So you've got the flip side on that. But it isn't, in a way, it, yeah, it looks like an easy group, but it's something which isn't really acknowledged is, is that, well, we're now quite experienced in Europe um, and we kind of know what we're doing. And we've we've been getting to quarterfinals, semi finals, even the final 
um, you know, relatively frequently over the last four, four years. And so actually, actually, if you look at our first year in Europe um, in the Champions League under Wenger, I, I don't think we had the hardest of a of of groups. Then it was something like what was it? It was something like Solna and uh, Panathinaikos. I can't remember, mm. but but nothing that and Kiev maybe and Panathinaikos and. Uh, and we managed to screw that one up entirely. So, <laughs> so you know, we have actually lived and learned and matured as a, as a European entity, which which no one ever seems to acknowledge, really. All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much. Good player from goodplayer.com. Great, thanks a lot. And don't forget to check out his blog, www.goodplayer.com. Now, before we get on with all the rest of the really interesting stuff that's coming on this cast, such as... Um, and... Uh, and the other stuff that, uh, yeah. Before we do all that, this guy. Hello, everyone. It's me again, Sylvester. Oh, the last two weeks have been so boring, no? With the internationals, as I do not play for France anymore, I'm all alone. So Arsenal, they send me to Dubai in the Middle East to teach the children there how to play football the Arsenal way. Of course, I did this with great success. So to celebrate, I took them out to show them how to funk the Sylvester way. Uh, somehow, I don't think they're going to invite me back. Oh, baby! More from Sylvester on another Arsecast. Now, the more extended team news ahead of tomorrow's game against Birmingham, and this is about all we've got left to talk about, I should remind you, is that, uh, as you know, uh, Almunia is probably out. 50-50 is like Arsene's way of saying, nah, not yet. Eduardo, we know, is out. Uh, Fabianski is back, and you have to think that if he's back, he's going to play. Gail Clichy has got an ankle injury picked up while on international duty with France. He probably stood a little bit too close to Abu Dhabi. He's good at injuring people, it has to be said. Uh, Abu Dhabi himself has got a bit of an injury as well. He probably looked at himself in the mirror and gave himself a sore ankle. We know that Eduardo is injured and he's not going to make the game. And Martin Taylor is not going to be injured. So there was never going to be that headline opportunity for, uh, for, the, uh, for the newspapers. It'll have to be a return fixture at St. Andrews if Eduardo plays and Martin Taylor plays. How interesting. I know what good player was saying about getting over it and these things. You know, I, I can understand that because you can't dwell and live your life consumed by bitterness and hatred because then you become a Tottenham fan. But nevertheless, I would like a measure of revenge against against Birmingham. Not because I blame that game for us not winning the title that year. It just, you know, there was a whole load of other stuff that went on. And it exposed a, a couple of weaknesses in our team. And then we had people forget that Sanya was out injured and Flamini was out injured for the rest of the season as well. So those things didn't help. But I'd still like to, you know, stick four or five past them for all the... The people that came out went, well, he's not that kind of a player, is he? You know, he's a good lad. He's a lovely fella, you know. If he saw a kitten on the side of the road, he'd kill it in a compassionate way. For that, really, I would I would like us to do 
Birmingham considerably uh, tomorrow. Not just for the fact that I want Arsenal to do every team, but, you know, I hold these small grudges. I think we've been over this on the blog in the last uh, couple of weeks anyway. Uh, but really, that's about it. I don't have anything else to talk about. There is no news, no scandal, no transfer rumors. Well, there are transfer rumors, but it's October. And I don't care for transfer rumors in October. In January, let's talk transfers. Absolutely not a problem. But in October, when nothing can happen until January, forget about it. I'm not getting involved in any of that kind of stuff. So really, uh, let's hope that everything goes okay against Birmingham. Let's hope we get a good win away in Holland in midweek. And then we sort of set ourselves up nicely for a run of interesting fixtures. West Ham, that's an interesting game. Then the Carling Cup game against Liverpool. And then the North London Derby at home to finish off the month. So let's... Let's start building the momentum because we got into the international break uh, with a good deal of momentum. We had our shooting boots on. We were playing well. So let's pick that up tomorrow against Birmingham. And on next week's Arscast, there'll be a whole pile of stuff to talk about. And hopefully that pile of stuff will be Arsenal goals. So until then, take it very easy. Talk to you all week on the blog and on next week's Arscast. Until then, cheers. Bye-bye. I don't understand how people don't like international football. If you were to show me someone that didn't like you, I'd stand there and I'd say, you're a muppet. That's what you are. If you don't like international football, then there's something wrong with you. It's the most exciting kind of football that there is. It's true, everyone knows it. I went down the submarine bar there the other night and watched Ireland versus Italy. Italy, of course, had the world champions and Ireland scored first with that fella. I don't remember his name. He's the guy that isn't Andy Reid in the Ireland midfield. Doesn't really matter what his name was, though. I was jumping up and down with all my mates, so I was in the pub. And then... Italy scored and you're thinking, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, why didn't we just mark that fella? He looks like a bleeding red Indian. What's his name? Cameron Armour, whatever his fucking name is. Well, anyway, the crackdown on the pub was massive, so was. We were all having a deadly time. And then Ireland scored another goal, and I swear to God, it was like the roof came off the place, except, of course, the roof didn't come off the place, because if the roof came off the place, health and safety would be down there, and they'd close it down. And I like it as a boozer, even when there isn't football on, you know what I mean? But then you think, and Ireland are going to win this deadly, and Italy are going to lose, and
against Cyprus and Ireland won't have to go through the playoff or nothing Italy go and score again and to be honest I blame John O'Shea he was caught too far upfield and we all won the Ireland lads should have hacked your man down in midfield you know take the yellow card that's what they say well of course the little ball trickling across the line is 2-2 and you're thinking Italy are the world champions and Ireland were what 90 seconds away from beating Italy and that means the Ireland are just as good as the world champions and if you can't find the excitement in that then I feel sorry for you yeah fucking mope mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 